Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey, so grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. We're doing something a little bit different this month. So let me ask you a few questions before I start. Are you thinking about homeschooling your kiddos this school year? Or maybe you just need some encouragement in the middle of your homeschooling journey. Well, we've got you covered. Join our group of experienced homeschool moms for Homeschool 101 here on the podcast Plus, we have a private Facebook page. And joining me today is Lori Schaefer, Audrey Simmons, and Amory and Campbell. And the way this podcast is going to work is, let me backtrack for a second. So starting yesterday on August 2nd, we started our Homeschooling 101 group on Facebook. It's a private group. It's free. You can be a part of it. If you're virtual schooling, if you're online schooling, if you're homeschooling, if you've always been homeschooling, or you just started homeschooling. Okay, any of those above. Or even if you're just thinking about homeschooling, all you have to do is get on the Kathleen Guire page and find one of the posts or message us, message me, and say that you want to be part of that group. And here's why. There's a lot of apprehension in the world today and more when you consider embarking on a new journey that's totally outside your comfort zone. So yesterday we had some family in and we were talking about the schooling options and it's just so overwhelming and confusing on top of everything else that's going on in the world. It's an added stressor. So we get it, you know, it's a big decision and a lot to consider. And once you decide, you're like, okay, I made the decision. Then it's only the beginning. Then you have to go through and start doing the things for whatever you decide. So hopefully we four women bearing our souls and sharing our experiences will help you along the way. Now, how is this going to work? All of us women are in different locations, so what they have done is I've given them a couple questions, and they have recorded their answers, and they will be part of the podcast. Our editor is graciously, he's always so helpful because I'm always thinking up these crazy things like, hey, I'm going to send you a bunch of MP3s, and you've got to put them all together in a podcast. So he's going to do that, so you'll hear them after me. So... That's kind of our community update is, well, how to stunt the anxiety, the growth of anxiety in your children is still getting more listens than any other episode. 
And I think that's another reason the school consideration is so important. We need to have conversations with friends that we trust. There's wisdom in many counselors. We need to get encouragement. We need to pray. We need to make these decisions and then be able to have a conversation with our kiddos and make them feel a little more safe and a little more like, you know, mom and dad are making the decision. You're going to be okay. It's going to be different. It's going to look different, but you're going to be okay. Because even those of us who have homeschooled forever, it doesn't look the same today as it did pre-COVID. It's completely different for us too. When I say us, I mean these other ladies are speaking with me because as I share my story, you'll find out that I graduated from homeschooling. I mean, I graduated homeschooling, not that I was homeschooled. Okay, so that's our community update. And listen, do not be one of those people who sees a post on Instagram or Facebook by me or one of these other ladies sharing information and inviting you to the group and say, you know, I don't want to comment. I don't, you know, I just, I'm, I'm too afraid to comment. Because what if they think what I'm doing is not exactly homeschooling? Or what if they think what I'm doing is not right? Or what if I haven't decided yet? Just comment. Just join us. There's no judgment here. We're all just trying to find our way in this world. And let me give you some encouragement in that. Proverbs 3, 5 says, To trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Now, what does that really look like when you're praying? Like it sounds like a b- bunch of beautiful words, But how do you apply that? And I will give you an example from my personal life. As I've said the past couple weeks, you know, I've been experiencing a CFS crash. You'll be proud of me. I actually called my doctor and have a virtual appointment. I I did it. (laughs) Figure out what's going on here. But every day, whether I was resting or trying to do a little work, I said, Lord, you know what? I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on you, and I commit this rest to you, or I commit these few tasks I have to do to you. That's what it means to acknowledge him. And then you say, Lord, if that's not your will, direct my paths. Because also the word of God says, man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his path. So you can trust in that if you're committing Whatever decision you have to make about schooling or about the day or about anything, like, Lord, I'm committing this decision to you and I'm trusting that you will direct my paths. And here's even the backup. If you feel like you made a decision and it was not the right one, that's okay too, because you know what else God says? That All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. All things. So maybe you just made a little mistake this morning or you just let's call it sin. You yelled at your kids or whatever and it's not even a big thing. You can apologize 
and then God can use that for good. And then on the bigger scale, whatever decisions you make, just trust you've got so many safety nets in the Lord. You've got so many, just commit it to him. Okay, so let me get on to the questions. So here were the here are the questions that I'm answering and then the other ladies will answer for week one. Number one, they're just going to introduce themselves. So I will do that now. I'm Kathleen. You know that. I have seven children. I homeschooled for over two decades. So the next part is to finish with your favorite homeschooling product or book. So mine, I would have to say, especially at the beginning, was a Charlotte Mason Companion, Personal Reflections on the Gentle Art of Learning. And I'll tell you why. That's not really a curriculum, but what I had to go through was reframing, changing my mindset about education because I do have a teacher's degree. And one of the things that was really instilled in me only because we are given a classroom and this is what you get. This is where you keep the kids most of the time and you have to work with that. So if someone had told me before I started homeschooling that education wasn't going to come from a workbook or a textbook or a unit study, I would be like, oh no, 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 you're wrong. But as I read this Charlotte Mason Companion, it started to change the way I thought about education. And it also changed the way that I thought about my children and learning because I had this idea that I needed to make sure my children learned. And some of these suppositions that I had came from my experience as a student teacher One of the teachers I had, she was a really good teacher. I am not putting her down in any way. And she had a whole room full of first graders, and it was difficult. But at the same time, she had this mistaken belief that we have to get all the material in. And I kind of walked out of that experience really thinking that you got to just shovel this material in. You only have them for a year. You only, you know, you need to make sure that they get these things done in a year. And of course, there's pressure on teachers to do that. So like I said, I'm not putting her down. But as I began to read Charlotte Mason's philosophies, I began to change. Not that I never used a textbook or a workbook, but I began to change what I thought about my children, how they were questioning the world and the things around them. And that was a healthy thing. And it's important to respond to those questions with true answers. And I know you're probably thinking, because I thought that all the time, well, then I'm just going to be answering questions all day. Yes, you will for a season, but it's also okay to say, you know what, after this question, we're going to return to this. Or after we look this up, then we're going to return to this. So I'm getting off track a little bit, but I know how my mind thinks. So if your mind is anything like me, then you're already going down rabbit holes. Well, wait, wait, wait. So let me finish up with this. I think that what Charlotte Mason says that every day children need, they need something to do. They need something to love. They need things just like we need things. And we need something to think about. 
something to love and something to do. Now, those are not in the order that she said them, but every day that really just started sinking in in my mind. Every day children need something to love, something to do, and something to think about. You know, think about yourself personally. What kind of things are you excited about learning about? Are you excited about learning something that you are not interested in at all? Now, of course, our kids are going to have to learn things they're not interested in. But if you start with that delight, that delight-directed learning, and you start finding things they're interesting, interested in and including them in your daily schooling, it doesn't have to be all day, but then you are getting them excited about learning and you are helping them to direct their will. You know, a strong will is a good thing. And like, I could talk about this book all day, so I'm going to stop there, but I will just finish up with that thought. A strong will is something a child can learn to direct. And if they have some of that delight directed learning where they're like, you know, I really love rocks could we just study rocks? Then yeah, write sentences about rocks. Study rocks, look up rocks, add that to your day. So I just, I want to kind of put that together because I know sometimes I ramble, but I think the most important thing when you are beginning to do school at home, whether you're doing virtual schooling or online or co-op or combination, then Think about your philosophy of education first, because I know the advice that I got and the advice that you may be getting is like, you have to find out what your state regulations are, which you do. You may have to turn in a letter of intent, you know, you can get on HSLDA and find out all those things for your state. But then the second thing that people would tell me is now, which curriculum are you going to, what are you going to use? What are you going to do? You know, it's like that little voice in our head all the time. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And we'll definitely talk more about curriculum choices as this month goes on. But I don't think that should be the first thing you think about. Because you can't pick a curriculum unless you know what your philosophy of education is. You need to know what you believe about education. And maybe you need to think about reframing your belief about education. I did. And you know what? It's okay. I know it's, this might scare you, but it's okay to start out with no curriculum at all, just so you can figure out how your kids learn and what your philosophy is. The very first year I homeschooled, when this was still in the covered wagon days, I didn't know anybody who was homeschooling at all. And I got these for my eldest daughter, I got these workbooks like for the whole year. They were self-paced workbooks that she worked through. And those were not a good choice. But at that time, I didn't know what else to do. And I was getting so much pressure from people in my family who were educators and other people like, what are you going to, what's your curriculum? What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? Like, oh my gosh, I got to choose something. And I'm sure we will say this many times. If you choose a curriculum and it doesn't work, it's okay not to use it. 
We'll talk more about that on another podcast. Okay, so the second question is, think back to when you began your homeschooling journey. What were you feeling, fearing? And if you could advise your younger self today, what would you say? Well, first of all, I was fearing the fact that there was nobody else doing it. And I was getting a lot of pressure from my family saying, you know, you can't do that. That's not legal. And you're really a teacher. What are you doing? So I will just say to you, I know that this is an overwhelming time, but be grateful for the pioneers in homeschooling. Be grateful for those who have gone before you. Be grateful for all the experienced homeschoolers and find them. Find them on our page. Latch on to them. Because that is one thing I did not have. I actually had one person who I found out that was homeschooling in my area. And every time I saw her, she would ask me this question. So are you, are you going to homeschool long term? Are you going to do this forever? And I would say, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I was just literally taking it one second at a time at that point. She said, well, when you decide for sure that you will then I'll talk to you. And then she would ignore me. And that was so painful and hurtful. Do not do that to people. Do not judge people based on their uncertainty and their inability to decide at that moment. So yes, I had a lot of fear and I was just winging it. I was really just winging it. So if you feel like you're winging it, that's okay. And the other thing that I would say, I would tell my younger self, which I have been talking about since the beginning of the first question, is it doesn't have to look like a traditional school. Your house doesn't have to have a classroom set up in it. Now, I did because I had seven children, and we used the basement and set it up with desks. Does that mean we sat in there like a classroom all day? No, we did not. But it doesn't need to look like a traditional schoolroom because the truth is most of the teachers who teach in a classroom would rather not have to be in there all day with their kiddos. When you read books like I've mentioned Anna Green Gables, you read about the teachers taking the kids outside for nature study. And this is in the 1800s in the late 1800s, but that, you know, you can, in history, read lots of examples where kids were not sitting in a desk all day for learning. So I would say to my younger self, you don't, even though you have a teaching degree, and even if you don't, it doesn't have to look like a classroom. It doesn't have to feel like a classroom. It's part of your home. It's a lifestyle. And I know we... uh, a while back, we recorded a podcast. I'll have to try to remember to link it on the Facebook group, but homeschooling is a lifestyle. It becomes a lifestyle. It becomes just part of your day. And if you haven't taken the survey yet, I'll also link that in the show notes. Go ahead and take it because that was one of the questions is how has homeschooling changed the schedule of your daily life? And so, you know, one person said, you know, it's just part of our life. It's part of our day. And if I could have told my younger self that, then like, just make it 
part of your day. Everything is homeschooling. Loading the dishwasher, getting out the door on time, going grocery shopping, giving everybody a little list and saying, these are the things that you need to make sure that we have in the cart. All of those things are because what you are really trying to do in school, right, is prepare your child to be an adult. We're teaching them to be adults. We're teaching them how to read and write and do some arithmetic, of course, but we're also teaching them to manage their time, to fix themselves food, to do their laundry, to change the oil in the car. And that's why it becomes a lifestyle. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, and I'm going to share one little story and then finish up because the other ladies will be coming on. If you're thinking, I have to get my kid to learn to get an A in algebra so he will be successful, then maybe you need to change your mindset. Not every kid's going to do well in algebra. And I had this friend of mine um, from, she came to visit from Virginia just for an afternoon because they were in town for some sort of concert thing. And she was telling me that her daughter, who was in high school, just could not retain the multiplication tables. She's like, oh my gosh, I I teach her and I teach her and they just kind of slip out like her brain is a sieve in that area. She's pouring those in and and she's like, how am I going to graduate her? And I told her, I said, you know what? People have calculators on their phone. Not that I'm saying just don't teach it. But there are certain things that some kids and some adults just don't grasp. For example, my husband knows the name of every tree, plant, everything. And every time we go for a walk, and he'll start telling me the names of trees, and they've already slipped out of my brain. I don't even know where they go. They just go. So, I can tell you part of the end of that story This young girl did graduate, and now she is married, and she has four children, and she is doing just great. So don't don't just hang your hat on one subject or academics or going to college, and I know I'm saying a lot, so I'm going to finish up here because we will have four more podcasts on the subject, and plus make sure you reach out to me so I can add you to the private Facebook group, Homeschooling 101. And then you can chat with some other homeschoolers. So thanks for joining me and stay on so you can hear the other mamas. Bye. Hi, I'm Lori and I have three kids, ages 13, 15, and 20. The 20 year old is currently getting ready to start his junior year of college and I graduated him from homeschool. I've been homeschooling for about seven years and um, getting ready to go into my eighth year of homeschooling. Uh, My favorite homeschooling book is called um, Wild and Free. Um, So whenever I started homeschooling, I was extremely scared. (laughs) Um, There was just so much doubt in my ability um, doubt that I was smart enough, doubt that my kids would do well, um, and then not to mention, um, if you just do a quick Google search of homeschool curriculum, you're bombarded with a ton, ton of stuff. 
Um, and you have to think about co-ops and gym and uh, art and all this stuff that's just overwhelming and fearful. Um, so yeah, it was scary. Um, but now that I've been doing it for a few years, something that I would tell my younger self is to just take it a a year at a time. Um, and that's how we started out. We just started with one year and then, um, it progressed from there to the point that I'm pretty much a lifer now. I've fully drank the homeschool Kool-Aid. And, um, it's funny because I was asked, um, recently on an Instagram post about, um, advice that I would give to some newbies and something that I would tell myself and that I would tell any other new person is to take time to get to know your children, their learning styles, who they are as young people. Um, they surprise you, um, with their abilities. And so, I would say you need to take time to do that. Don't be afraid to chuck a curriculum that's not working for you. I know it's scary because they cost money, um, but some you can't you can't force a square peg into a round hole sometimes. And uh, I would also say um, don't be afraid to start over from square one. I, my middle son has uh, sensory processing disorder along with dyslexia and the public school system basically pushed him through to the point where he couldn't read or spell. And so in third grade, when I started homeschooling him, I started from square one with reading and spelling and eventually he got better and he is doing better than his father actually he's doing he's doing really well with that so that is some advice I would give to some newbies just oh and also surround yourself with some other encouraging homeschool moms that can be there for you because what they say about the village it takes a village it really takes a village you don't have to do it alone there are many of us that are willing to help you you just have to reach out and ask Hello, it is my turn to introduce myself, and I am Amory Campbell. I have four kids, um, a second grader, a um, kindergartner, and then two pre-preschoolers. Um, so my kids are younger in age, and, and grade-wise, they are in the younger grades. Um, and I've been homeschooling for about um, four years. I started homeschooling my oldest in preschool stuff when she was around three. Um, and then obviously I've just gone on from there. And um, I was um, also blessed to be homeschooled my entire life from kindergarten all the way up to when I graduated high school. I did attend college. Um, so I do, I was. The Lord just prepared me very well to be homeschooling my own kids because he allowed me to be homeschooled and to grow up in kind of that lifestyle and um, just fill my basket with knowledge basically about what homeschooling looks like and uh, how to homeschool and all those kind of things. And so that is why I wanted to do this podcast with the other ladies to basically help 
us all dump all of our baskets of knowledge into one big basket and share that basket with you. Um, when I, uh, what is my home? Sorry, I'm looking at the questions Kathleen sent us. My favorite homeschooling book, product, or book. Um, I would say that my favorite homeschooling products are clat are novels and i know that's like such a generalization it sounds so general but it's not because i find that you can um well first i should say that everybody all of my family my husband and i and my girls were all big readers we love to read and so we read together a lot as a family and stuff and through reading a novel you can it helps you dive into subjects so much deeper you can learn history from novels you can dive into scientific sub subjects from novels you can dive into learning language and um and grammar and all of these different things novels are just so rich and so full of information they're wildly underestimated um so that is the reason that they are probably my favorite homeschooling product or um but i would also say that my uh instruct my curriculum manual like my instruct daily instructional manual that somebody else has written for me and has laid out the subjects it and what I'm supposed to do every day, that is probably my favorite thing. And that is just because of my personality. I get overwhelmed with trying to figure everything out and set everything up. And I love the fact that it's laid out for me. I love the fact that it's there. It's sitting there and all I have to do is go and open it up and look at the pages we have to read and look at the subjects we have to cover. And it is there. And I don't have to worry about it. It helps make my homeschooling process so much easier. Um, and I know that some people are, aren't like that. Some people like to just pick and choose and do. They don't like to follow an instruction manual. It makes them feel too constrict, like restricted. And um, so I know it's just personality-wise. This is it's just what's best for me. So I would say my uh, novels are definitely my favorite homeschooling product. And, um, and, uh, my instruction manual. And I will say with novels really quick, I know I, I'm going backwards, but one of the reasons that I do love them so much is because some days when you have just a busy day and you feel like you're not accomplishing, I feel like I'm not accomplishing a lot or something like that. And we sit down to lunch or I just need everybody's having like a cranky day or whatever and we just sit down and we read a chapter of the book we are currently reading together as a family or we restart an old favorite or something like that. Um, I feel like I never feel like after uh, we do that, we I feel like we actually accomplish something that day after we read. Because of what I said is because novels are so rich with so many things that they... It makes kids' minds start working and uh, picking up on language and vocabulary and history and all those kind of things. So that's probably why they're because one of, 
why they're my favorite product because you can just throw them into your day and it helps it or I can throw them into my day and it helps me throughout my day and it like it will make me feel like I've accomplished something on days when I feel like I'm really not accomplishing anything and it really does make your kids minds start working and thinking it opens up their minds to so many different things um, and so that is again why I love novels so much um, and so uh, back when I, no, second question is think back to when you began your homeschooling journey. Okay, first I should say I have not listened to the other ladies, so I don't know if they're reading you these questions or if you even know that we're answering these questions from Kathleen, but that's what I'm doing. I'm reading the questions that she asked us and I'm answering them just so you're clear on why I'm saying number two <laughs> question is think back to when you began your homeschooling journey. What were you feeling? Um, fear, where you're fearful, etc. Um, so when I would say that when I started doing my homeschool, homeschooling journey with my oldest Cecilia, and she was three, I wasn't very fearful. I was just excited to get started, like cutting, you know, cutting paper with her, coloring shapes and reading books and, uh, walking around and doing scavenger hunts to, find things that started with certain letters and that seemed so fun and so easy to me but this year is the first year that I've really embarked on um serious I would not that my other homeschooling wasn't serious I was teaching and everything my children but where I'm really kind of bunkering down and uh pursuing certain subjects every day and really maintaining a school schedule. So I was really nervous and fearful. Um, and I was nervous that I was going to fail and uh, fearful that I was going to fail just because I was, when I read through my curriculum and things like that, I was feeling like, how am I going to make my home feel like a school when um, I have... Uh, I'm going to have a second grader and a kindergartner, and then I'm going to have two little ones that I'm going to have to be sure are entertained or um, throughout the day. And and so how am I going to make this feel like a school? It's not going to work. It's going to be overwhelming. It's Nobody's going to learn anything. Um, and I kept, I held on to that until about uh, a couple days into uh, my first week. And it just kind of hit me that you know what this is ridiculous because I keep trying to make my house feel like a school when that's not the purpose of homeschooling the purpose of homeschooling is to educate your child and you're doing it and to do it in your home where they feel comfortable where you feel comfortable having them where you want them to be um it familiar settings and all these things are such a blessing it makes it so much um, now, some days it can cause stresses that they just want to, you know, sit on the couch or whatever, but um, it also makes it so much easier for them, their mind to absorb information in a way more comfortable setting and a way more like it's home. You're sitting there at home. And so I kind of let go of that, trying to make my um, home feel like a school, which is kind of funny that I held on to that because I was homeschooled my whole life. Um, so, but I let go of that and relaxed and it was so much easier and it made my day better and, it, um, I wasn't as stressed and, 
I, I, I mean, not that I didn't have moments of stress here teaching your and educating your child, but it was just an easier thing to do and it made it way more joyful and way more um, relaxed and comfortable for my kids and for me. I wasn't, because the first couple days I was high stress. I'm not doing this right. I'm not making it feel like a school. My child's not sitting perfectly still and doing everything exactly like the book says. And so um, I think that is kind of the, we, we can all kind of get into that or start out our homeschooling journey thinking like that, especially when you're coming from a public school setting into a homeschool setting. Um, and I would just encourage you to relax and to feel comfortable you're at home, and that will actually help your kids learn better, to be in their familiar surrounding and to be at home and just find joy in that and don't feel stressed about the fact that your home is not a school because that's not what it is meant to be. That's not the purpose of homeschooling. Sorry, I know you keep hearing me click buttons, um, but that's just because I'm going back from making my screen brighten again so that I can see the questions. Okay, so that is all. Um, I'm excited again to do this Homeschooling 101, and uh, I will talk to you guys soon. Hi, I'm Audrey Simmons. I have six kids ranging in ages from nine months to nine years. I've been homeschooling since my oldest started preschool, so about six years now, and I was homeschooled from third grade to the end of high school. My favorite homeschooling thing right now is probably Singapore math. I love a lot of different homeschooling books and curriculums, um, but my favorite overall since we've started is probably Singapore. I didn't like math a lot when I was growing up, and um, Singapore has been a really good fit for us. It's made me enjoy math again. Um, when I started homeschooling, I was really excited and, um, actually probably kind of crashed and burned a little bit, um, because I wanted to homeschool, I wanted to do things, and my kids were little, and I would schedule a lot and then only follow through for a week or two and it would fall apart and um, we wouldn't stick with the intense schedule I had made for um, lots of crafts and activities and projects and um, I remember being frustrated with myself um, and in retrospect, I wish one thing I could go back and tell me when working with preschoolers is that the sitting on the couch and reading and building with Duplos, that was that was enough. I could have cut way back on planning um, big project activities like arts and crafts kind of stuff um, and actually been able to follow through on more of it because I didn't over plan. Um, and that it was okay to just let them play, that I shouldn't have been feeling guilty for letting them learn that way.
Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe to KathleenGuire.com to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter, plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube, and leave a review so other listeners can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're also welcome to send me an email to positiveadoption at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathleen Guire. Thanks for being part of the Positive Adoption Community.